What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a new episode of Breakdown Breakdown. I'm here with my co-host, Hunter. Hunter, how are you doing? Getting ready for the All-Star break weekend. Uh, really excited for it. Yeah, it's, it's a nice little break, especially for me. <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet. I've even look, uh, marked this uh, day down in your calendar. Yeah, it's nice to get like a week off from covering games. You know, it's, it's still a good job to have, but, you know, it gets kind of repetitive. <laughs> especially with a tanking team. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. But, all right, and so for today's episode, we're going to talk about the last two games the Thunder played before the All-Star break, which were against the Spurs and the Knicks. And but to start things off, I, I, I kind of want to talk about this Vasilya Micic. Hopefully, I pronounced the first name right. Um, this, I guess, report slash rumor from Eurohoops and like other sources as well, where apparently Micic's team, um, what's the pronunciation of this team, Hunter? Oh man, no idea. Kandu Ifes, I probably butchered that as well. We'll just call him Ifes just for simplicity's sake. So. <laughs> Right now, last last season, they won the EuroLeague championship, um, and Micic won, you know, EuroLeague MVP. This season, it's been kind of rough. It's been kind of rough going. I think they're like 500 right now, 12 and 12 exactly. I'm not sure how uh, the EuroLeague works in terms of like you know postseason tournament players and all that. But from everything I've, I've seen, it's, it feels like you know EFS this season is basically done, um, and Micic was, like I said, the MVP of the EuroLeague last season. So, obviously, he was obviously the best player. And also, another cool star in Shane Larkin, who was in the NBA for a bit. He was well, he, he was from Miami, and then he went – what did he was drafted by the Mavericks or, or something like that, right? Yeah, and then he went to play at Boston for a while. And then that, I think that was his last team he played with in the NBA before he went over. Yeah, so – so, Ife's had a duel of Micic and Larkin. Um, and I probably enticed Micic to stay this season as well instead of going to the NBA because, you know, he, he, he had a star with him and he had a he – was, and he was in the club that just won a title, so he probably wanted to run it back. Um, but apparently Larkin is going to be leaving Ife's and signing with Real Madrid. Um, but Larkin has come out and debunked those reports on Instagram. And honestly, I don't know what's what. Uh, so – but – it's out there that Larkin could potentially, if he hasn't already left uh, EFES for another club. So that I means Dmitrich, who's basically on a non-guarantee for next season, if I remember correctly. And it, it, there's a report out there that, you know, basically the same reports we saw last year where, you know, him making him jumping over to the NBA is a real possibility, but, you know, he, he could also just stay in the EuroLeague. He could also sign over another club and all this other stuff. Um, and for those who don't remember, Micic, his NBA draft rights are owned by the Thunder because they acquired it during the Al Horford trade from like December 2020. So the situation is super fluid. Um, and for the Thunder side of things, they're 23 million under the cap right now. So and either they, you know, distribute that 23 million among the players on the active roster right now, or they use it to bring someone over from overseas, maybe or maybe a free agent like they did last season with Gabriel Deck. Um, I'm sure the players will want to, you know, get an extra, an extra amount of money from the 24 million. But like logistically speaking, it, it feels like a waste of money if you do that. If you're the front office, instead of getting what basically is a free look at somebody else, because you got to spend that money either way. And from a front office perspective, you'd rather, you know, spend it on, you know, maybe an international guy or two and see if they have anything to show instead of, you know, just giving bonuses to your roster, no matter how much, you know 
the players would want that. But, you know, what I'd say, I'm just, you know, give me just your overall thoughts on the situation. Yeah, it's pretty interesting because, you know, all last year we even discussed, you know, the possibility of Mikic coming over to the United States. And we even had Antonis uh, over in the leagues come talk to us all about, you know, the kind of player he is and the possibilities of him coming over. Obviously, he didn't. He signed the new deal with his club. And, uh, you know, in that deal, it also has an NBA opt-out. So there's so many routes for uh, Mikic to come over to the NBA. And like you said, Thunder own his rights. So it's it's pretty plausible the thunder could you know obviously it's not ideal to be under the salary cap they would like to spend that money like you said uh don't want to waste it basically want to get a good look at somebody that's this is a perfect time to do that uh do that with gabriel dick and i mean it, it could be good but at the same time uh well i know we might see you know more people start sitting and uh, resting as we get the second half of the season that just comes protocol the thunder in the tanking era uh might get some looks at you know like josh you know uh We'll probably get more looks at guys like Teo Maladon. Uh, we're starting to see that now. I mean, Lou Dort and all of them have been sitting, but, you know, SGA's obviously been out injured. But, uh, I mean, Mikic could be another one of those guys. But at the same time, uh, a more pro- plausible idea would be for Mikic to be traded. If he were, you know, basically going to state that he was going to come over to the NBA, he'd be a great sweetener for any deal that they would want to make probably either at the trade deadline or not trade deadline, at the draft or around the draft. I mean, there's just so many possibilities. Uh, I definitely wouldn't mind, you know, signing them to that deal. But at the same time, uh, we already have a pretty, you know, stacked uh, guard rotation as it is. I mean, when SJ comes back, it's only going to get clogged even more. Uh, Tao Maldon won't see as many mitts as he's been getting. Uh, you know, uh, so, I mean, with Mikic in the fold, he'll definitely be vying for some minutes to get some teams. To, I'd like the Thunder to look at him and see what he can do on the NBA. So it'll be kind of crunching a little bit of the minutes out there. And, you know, we all know Dag's not really big on crunching minutes out there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, a more likely scenario, uh, you could we could definitely see uh, his uh, his rights being traded over to a contending team like the Lakers or, or someone like that. And uh, it, it could also be an added sweetening deal to moving up in the draft, potentially depending on where we land in the lottery. So uh, it's pretty interesting, but uh, then again, it could be, you know, we saw this last year. Uh, Mikic was definitely threatening of coming to the NBA and it only got uh, his club to give him a deal that was even more sweeter and probably one of the best deals that the EuroLeague has seen. Uh, so we could definitely see something like that happening as well. I mean, you, you just never know. Contending team, those are words that haven't been in the same sentence for quite a while, Hunter. So, congrats on that. <laughs> but, yeah, like you said, I mean, it, I think the, the biggest difference between, you know, Mijic coming over this season and Deck coming over last season is the fact that there's just no, there's just no minutes for him to get. I mean, last season he came in, like, around April, late April, and it was that part of the season where, you know, SGA was out. The Thunder were playing, like, you know, basically G League talent. So, there were minutes for him to get. Now, a year later, you got SGA is probably going to be coming back after the break at some point. Giddy's playing like a rookie of the year contender. Trey Mann's been great. Um, there's just, you know, no minutes for him to get. I mean, Teo Maladon led the team in total minutes last season, and now he's barely – he's having trouble just staying on the court. So, so comparing <clears> – <throat> so there's probably more, I guess, talent and potential in this team compared to last team. So I just have a hard time seeing – Mijic gets minutes here, um, especially considering the fact that he's what in his mid twenties, late twenties already, and he 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 really doesn't fit the timeline, which was the same case with Dex. So, yeah, I don't know. Like you said, it's probably just an agent player trying to get as much money as he can again. Uh, this isn't the first time he's done something like this, to where he's where he's threatened to go over to the NBA. But I just have a hard time seeing him do that, especially for a rebuilding team. 
Yeah, definitely. And like you said, I mean, his plays kind of regressed too. His clubs like, you know, barely at 500 right now. Uh, probably wouldn't be best for, you know, to advertise himself uh, coming into the NBA, barely getting any minutes, if any minutes at all. And then, you know, if you get limited minutes out there, you got to make the most of it. So working with a bunch of G League talent out there probably wouldn't help him and, you know, probably wouldn't advertise him well to contending teams. So it's tricky. So, I, I you know, like you said, it's probably or like we're talking about, it's probably agent play, uh, trying to get more you know money out of his club, just probably somewhere along those lines. Yeah, I wonder what Mitrich's trade value would be if he were to commit to playing in the NBA because I don't think he's going to be – I don't. I think if he does, it's probably because he knows he's not going to play for the Thunder and he'd probably be traded somewhere else. So that's something interesting because Antonis told us last year that he thinks that he's the best basketball player in the world that's not in the NBA. So. Yeah, I mean, hey, I definitely don't doubt that as well. I mean, he, he was fantastic in his play last year. But, like, you know, I mean – there's plenty of talent pool, you know, in free agent market right now. I mean, Goran Dragic is still a free agent. So there's still, there's plenty of viable options out there without having to give up a trading piece. So it, it's tricky, like you said. I mean, it's just tricky on the Thunder's part, and it's just tricky in uh, however the contenders view them. So it's just, you know, it's just a wait-and-see kind of thing. So I mean, we, since we both agree that this is probably not going to happen, how, do you, how, how would you like the Thunder to use $23 million extra cash that they got under cap? Oh, man, that's a tough one, because uh, I definitely could see it, uh, you know, uh, taking in a large contract before we get into the new uh, calendar year, the NBA, uh, some trade around the the uh, draft day. I definitely could see something like that happening or, you know, I mean, the more likely scenario, I think they're just going to, you know, uh, divide up all the money and give it to the players. I mean. I, that just kind of seems like where it's heading right now anyway. So I definitely wouldn't mind that. You know, the guys really earn it. You know, they've earned it. They've played tremendous this year. Uh, you know, I mean, they're still pretty bad, but uh, they're not, you know, like Magic or Rockets or Pistons bad. So they, they play their heart out every game. Every, and, uh, you know, what we're about to talk about now, that's another example of that. So they do deserve it. A lot of these guys, is life-changing money for them too. So I definitely could see that happening. Yeah, I'm probably leaning towards that. I mean, even if I wanted to bring someone over or sign someone, I just have a hard time seeing them get minutes over what our current guys like Giddy, Shea, Dor, Trey, Kendrick. Like, there's like at least eight guys on the team right now who you could, you know, list off that would definitely get minutes. And then, yeah, it's 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 a tough situation. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we we all thought, you know, Vic Krejci would get a lot. I mean, obviously, he's definitely going to get some more minutes as we get closer to the end of the season, but he's barely even scratched the court so far this entire season. So, like you said, it's just hard to see anybody else coming in and immediately getting a bulk of the minutes. So, uh, I don't have anything else I want to say about the situation. We'll probably just dive into the games. Um, any final words? Uh, split up the money. The guys deserve it. All right, definitely. So, yeah, so we'll cover the last games in the break. So the first game was against the New York Knicks. Um, the Thunder ended up winning that one, 127-123 in overtime. Josh Kitty had a triple-double, 28-12-11. Trey Mann had 30 points. Baisley had 23 points. Everybody else you can just kind of eh, forget about. I mean, Williams had a good game. Jerome had a good game. Favors had a good game. But, like, Giddy, Mann, and Bays are the ones that headlined the show. And it was, it was, a, it was a great game to see. Oh, yeah. I mean, we talked about like uh, before the season even started, like we don't mind winning games as long as it's on the back of guys like a man, Giddy or Baisley. So to see, you know, all three of them especially step up and lead the Thunder to victory, that is that's about as perfect as you can get for Thunder winning this year. Yeah, this is yeah, this is probably 
Captain Giddies. Well, I want to have his best game of the season because arguably the game he had against the Spurs was his best game of the season. But this has been a really good stretch from Giddy. I mean, ever since the SGA went down, Giddy's really done a great job at just, you know, being the lead initiator on offense for the team. And, yeah, Trey Man, 30 points for Trey Man, man, that's, that's pretty good. I mean, considering he was the 18th pick in the draft and he's scoring 30 points against a pretty – against an NBA team is pretty wild to see, especially considering the fact that Considering the fact how he was at the beginning of the season compared to now, you can see like a lot of progress being made there. I was just about to say, could you imagine telling yourself at the beginning of the season that Trey Mann was going to put up 30 points <laughs> and against the Knicks in uh, the Garden? No, nah, that would have been wild. Especially considering the fact that Mann uh, was struggling at the beginning. I think uh, it was Dayton who said during like one of the training camp media sessions that Mann's still getting adjusted to the speed of the game in the NBA. He was getting like his three-point shot block by you know other players during practices and to to go to go from that to where we are now three four months later is quite the progression to be made yeah i mean that just it speaks volumes on how the thunder develop the players speaks volume on the blue and uh how they get players ready to play up in the nba i mean just fantastic i mean we all knew trey man had the skill set just had to mold it and uh, eventually there'd be a, a finished product out in the court and uh, i think we're you know we're almost we're at those stages now where trey man's finally starting to uh, hold his own up there. I mean, already he's like one of the best uh, self-creators on the entire team. I mean, he creates a lot of space for himself. And uh, I mean, he, I mean, I even, uh, uh, you know, his shots, he just it looks perfect. His misses look great. Uh, I mean, you know, you like to hear that a lot because, uh, you know, his shot just looks fantastic. And uh, as Joe Musada would say, a great stroke, but, <laughs> but yeah, hey, it was just fantastic to watch him, and he, he got to the line uh, quite frequently this game too. So that's a that's another great little uh, addition to his game there. So it's just been great watching him lately. Yeah, I remember we talked about who's going to be like the biggest beneficiaries of with SGA being out for like a month, and we both agreed that man will be it because he'll have a bigger offensive responsibility. He'll have more room to score. He'll have more room for error in terms of like missed shots and, you know, missed defensive rotations and just defensive lapses. And, you know, so far it's been a mixed result, but, like, when you're out there and score 30 points in an NBA game as a rookie, then that's really all you can ask for for someone who's pick 18 for all, and you just hope they can build off of that and be more consistent with their scoring. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, like you said, he's been up and down, but, you know, to score 30 points when the lights are shown in the brightest, especially, you know, like, you, no rookie gets more uh, public, uh, you know, public. Ugh, they never get publicized more than when they're playing uh, in, you know, Madison Square Garden. And uh, that, that show with Giddy, uh, a lot of the, the outlets were talking about him after the game. Trey Mann got a lot more buzz. And, uh, I mean, he just showed off a lot against a, a New York Knicks team. And uh, uh, he looked great from the outside. And even his playmaking looked uh, better. He only had one assist. But, man, his passes were a lot better. And, man, I'm talking about the, no pun intended. But uh, that floater has been looking fantastic lately, too. I mean, uh, there was one really tough floater he made over Julius Randle, where, I mean, it just goes like, it looks like a Rajon Rondo-type floater. So it, it's just been wonderful to see his progression, like you said. And, uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, SJ going down, like you said, we both uh, agreed that he would benefit more. And he's been really taking advantage of it lately right here, as is another example of that. So it's just been great watching him play uh, the best basketball he's played in his entire career. Yeah, and, you know, Bayes was really good at this game as well. I think he's probably overshadowed by Man Giddy's performances as, you know, should be the case because two rookies playing their best games against the Knicks is going to generate a lot of buzz. But Bayes was really good at this game as well. He scored 23 points, eight rebounds, three assists. 
I mean, he just continues to put up, you know, really good solid performances for the team. Yeah. I mean, hey, you remember uh, last season, that long stretch where Baisley had to go up against like Zion and Julius Randle. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, man, I feel we feel so bad for Baisley. But, man, he's, he's been stepping up. Uh, he took the, a pretty big leap considerably, uh, for, you know, looking at last year. He's been great defensively. And uh, this game is an example of that. I mean, Julius Randle, he ended the, the game with a triple-double, which has been completely overshadowed from the L and, you know, the performances of the rookies. But Baisley did a pretty good job on him, uh, you know, throughout the entire game he even uh, stopped him from making that last minute bucket to uh send uh, the, the game in overtime so uh he really held uh randall and check the entire game 11 for 26 all together on the game for randall one of five from three so i mean he's just he and he forced seven turnovers as well so just just great job from basley defensively like he has been in this entire season when basley's in that limited role he just really thrives yeah and you know julius randall only scored or he scored 30 points on 26 shots and and Randall's you know he's a big boy man like <laughs> I remember last <laughs> season basically probably would have struggled against these type of matchups just because of the size difference like you said with Zion but like uh basically you know he looks more or less the same physique wise but he's becoming just more uh, skillful and you know technique savvy defender yeah, definitely. And he shuffles his feet a lot more better, too. He just really can keep up with his man, keeps his chest right in front of the other one. And he, he I mean, he's been denying folks all season. He's just been fantastic. So it's just great to see, like you said, he's been he's smartened up a lot more. Uh, development has been great to him and his IQ has just gone up a lot more on the defensive end. So he's just been looking a lot, lot better. Yeah, for sure. Well, anything else you want to say about this game? Uh, psh, man, two triple doubles in a row. I wonder what could beat that. Oh, wait. Segway. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, uh, that Kimball Walker, man, the, that bio looks better and better by the day, but I don't want to ruin your segue, so I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait. I, 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 okay, erase the segue. I'm erasing it right now. You can't hear it. But, uh, yeah, I'll talk about that for a second, too, because, man, I'm so glad he gave us that money back. Just that was so much more money given back to us. We dodged a bullet. Oh, my God. Can you imagine trying to play Kimball like 30 minutes a night on this team? Oh, oh my god. god! I threw up a little in my mouth when he said that. Trey Brown would probably still be with the blue right now. <laughs> <laughs> Tao wouldn't have the night he had on the Spurs, like we're going to talk about. Segway, look, I made a new one. Oh yeah, exactly. So yeah, so moving on to the next game, the Thunder ended up losing to the Spurs, one fourteen, one hundred six. Final game before the All Star break. Very good loss in terms of the tank. Um, but yeah, I think the Spurs are like five games back, but you know, still. Trying to make up as much, trying to create as much separation as possible. But yeah, back to the game. Giddy had another triple double for one in a row. I think that ties in with like Oscar Robertson in terms of like most consecutive triple doubles as a rookie. And that's a, that's a pretty good uh, name to be associated with, I must say so myself. I mean, hey, Oscar Robertson might as well be a Thunder legend with how many times his records have been broken or matched in Oklahoma City. Yeah, I wonder if he has a house here considering how many times he's going to have to be here because <laughs> I remember he was here for Russ's, uh, what, MVP? Yeah, he, I remember I went to that game and uh, I saw him sitting in like uh, right behind the goal. And I was like, man, this is so cool. I mean, you're never going to see Oscar here again, but that's probably not going to be the case. But yeah, Giddy had another triple double 17, 10, and 10. Uh, Terrence Man, or not Terrence Man, Trey Man. Had to kill Trey's in my mind, man. They're living right front row three in my head. Yeah, I mean, all of them apparently, if you haven't seen Twitter lately. <laughs> but Trey Man had a good scoring game, 24 points, 10 of 20 shooting. Um, 
Harry Maladon probably had his best game of the season, like you said, with 22 points against the Spurs. Uh, so there, what were you saying? I said, you just love to see it. I know JD's out there listening. So Team FC rise from the ashes like a phoenix because it's a wonderful game from Taya. Yeah, considering how he's played the season, you got to take your wins when you can. So I definitely <laughs> get the sentiment. <laughs> I'm just trying to take my dubs as much as I possibly can, like you said, Clemente. So <laughs> let me bask in my glory. Let me bask in Teo's glory. Oh, man. And then Foku had 10 and 10 and four assists and two blocks. He's stuck in the staff sheet. And Isaiah Roby had a pretty good game as well. 17 points, 12 assists, or 12 rebounds, not 12 assists, 12 rebounds. <laughs> Point Roby well, there. <laughs> oh man could you that'd be so weird to imagine that if anybody was going to match or exceed giddy in that area it'd be Roby. that'd be so weird yeah they'd be running that Jokic offense <laughs> but so but back to the game um where are just your biggest you know takeaways as you know the team heads to the all-star break man i mean i think one of my biggest takeaways is that this could be a look at this, you know, the minutes we've seen. I know a lot of guys have been out, but uh, I mean, th- this game, Kenrich Williams and Ty Jerome went out with, you know, quote unquote injuries. But we all know, you know, they're kind of, they were BS injuries because we're, you know, it was the last game before the All Star break for the Thunder. So it kind of just sat him out just because. But, uh, you know, as soon as we get closer down to, you know, the end of the season, we're going to be seeing a lot more of these quote unquote injuries. So you might see guys like SGA take a couple games out. Might see Kenrich and uh, Derek Favors as well. They're all going to take a, a extended minute, uh, you know, a couple games out. And you'll be seeing a lot more minutes from guys like Teo, Krejci, Poku, uh, even Lindy Waters. He had eight minutes this game. So I think this lineup we see right here is probably going to be a little bit more of the normal that we see as we get closer to the end of the season. Because, uh, you know, management's going to be wanting to lose as many games as possible. And we're going to be seeing a lot more uh, young bodies out there because, you know, I think uh, even Dagnall talked about that in the presser uh, before this game. So we'll definitely be seeing a lot more uh, young minutes. And this, this roster that we saw before us today, this is probably going to be our new normal as we get closer to the end of the season in the second half. Yeah, you know, uh, it was basically a seven-man rotation game considering, you know, everybody, considering that, you know, nobody, I mean, Teo finished 29 minutes and the next guy finished with 10 minutes in their favor. So this was like a seven-man rotation, seven rotation game. Uh, so not, nothing too surprising with Aignal's history, but not just kidding, but... <laughs> Oh, man. Hey, oh, I forgot to mention in the Knicks game, he didn't get the, uh, you know, I wonder if him and Tibbs exchanged any, uh, you know, pointers about giving their starters like 48 minutes a game. <laughs> oh, man. But um, but back to that game, so, so the seven guys who did play like at least 29 minutes, I think the longest tenured players were Baisley and Roby, and both of them are only in their third season. Everybody else is, you know, either a rookie or in their second year. So like you said, as the season progresses, we're probably going to see more and more of these type of games where they're playing the young guys a ton of minutes just to see if they have anything there. And they're probably going to be sitting out or eliminating the minutes of guys like Kenrich and Muscala and Favors. It makes you kind of think, like, why the Thunder didn't trade Kenrich? But, you know, that's, that's a discussion for another day. But <laughs> Another rant for another time? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. It feels like a half measure, but, you know, that's, that's, that's another pop. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna create a, a whole pod dedicated to slander of why we kept Kenrich. And <laughs> oh man, but I mean, yeah, I mean, but you know, Josh Giddy, he was great again. Another triple double, three in a row, like we said. Our Trey Man was scored 24 points again. Uh, so back to back high scoring games, and 
I mean, yeah, I mean, anything else you can take away from this game? Uh, I was, you know, uh, pleasantly surprised to see a lot more Lindy Waters action because, uh, you know, usually with the two-way slot, you really don't see uh, extended minutes from them or even considerable amount of minutes or possessions. Uh, that was them. just Paul Watson. <laughs> that's not how it usually works. <laughs> well, hey, you know, I've been scarred this entire season, Clemente, okay? So let me let me get this out for Lindy here. But I was, oh, it was cool to see him, you know? I mean, he came out immediately and just spot up three, I mean, from, like, way downtown, too. So it was awesome to see that. And uh, I, who lobbed him? I forgot. Was it Trey Mann or Giddy? Uh, oh, no, it was Teo. That was my bad. Uh, Teo lobbed him. Yeah, for Lindy Waters for a, a dunk at the end of the second quarter, I think. So, I mean, it was just – it was cool to see him. And, you know, finally cool to see the extra two-way slot utilized for once, like you said, Clement. <laughs> so, yeah, it was fun to see that. I mean, I loved watching that. I want to see a lot, lot more young players go in and out of that uh, two-way slot, get a look at them on the court, see how they are. I mean, it, the shot on Lindy Waters is looking great already. I mean, 48%, almost 50% from the three-point line uh, over in G League. So that should translate, and you know, from what we saw in the, that short amount of time, it looked like it can. So a lot, of, a lot more Lindy Waters action is what I'm asking for because, you know, a lot more floor spacers alongside Giddy. That just that makes my heart happy. Yeah, it can also help out the tank. Cough, cough. <laughs> Oh, yeah, his defense was pretty ass. So I agree with Clemente there. Oh, man. But, yeah, I mean, uh, unless you have anything else to say, I think about wraps up the pod. Yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, hey, like you said, it's great to see the triple-double uh, overtake Oklahoma City once more. Yeah, man, it feels like I'm back in um, high school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those were the days. Uh, really were, man. But, yeah, uh, so – We'll pop, so next time we'll talk, we'll be, we'll be talking with Thunder Chats. Finally, we, it feels like we've been waiting on this episode for like weeks now, but it's finally happening. Yeah, we've been teasing this longer than James Gunn's been teasing Adam Warlock. So, I mean, don't blame <laughs> But yeah, we'll talk about, we'll talk with Thunder Chats next time we do a pod. So if, if you have any last minute questions or, or, or talking points you want us to talk about, just let us know and we'll definitely, you know, bring it up or consider bringing it up uh, whenever we record yeah, definitely. And I'll send out a tweet as well. So just, you know, get all your thoughts in order, basically. Yeah, for sure. So thanks again, guys, for listening. Please like, share, subscribe to the pod. And, you know, enjoy All-Star Weekend. Josh Giddy is going to be in two of the events. So we got that to look forward to. Oh, hell yeah. Rising Stars Challenge. Us and uh, Dagnall going to be the first to watch it in a long time. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, thanks, guys, for listening and have a good day.